0: Well, welcome to another episode of Saints and Sinners Unplugged. Uh, this is Pastor Ken Jones, and I am joined by our regular co hosts uh, Pastor Jose Prado from Christ Family Church, Pastor David Menendez from Tamiami Baptist, and Pastor um, Aldo Leon from Reconcile, which are you guys now formally PCA?
1: Well, we're not, we're not particularized, but we're a mission church. Okay. Of a PCA church, that's, that's lingo, but we are, yeah, we're PCA. Okay,
0: so here we are once again uh, picking up uh, on our discussions, on our various discussions that we've had. Now today we are joined by a very special guest, a very dear friend and brother uh, who was a fellow co-host for over 20 years uh, and taught me a great deal, and that is in the person of Dr. Rod Rosenblatt. Uh, Rod is um, a professor or, have you retired, Rod?
2: I am finally retired 73 or 74.
0: Wow, okay. Rod Rosenblatt, who is a retired uh, professor from Concordia University but one of the foremost Lutheran theologians of our generation. Thank you for joining us, Rod.
2: Uh, Great to be here, Ken.
0: And uh, as I mentioned we've had conversations over the years and I think he's helped us a great deal on the reform side of, uh, and, and me especially as the left-handed, red-headed stepchild of the Reformation, being Baptist and all. Uh, he uh-huh. helped. He helped bring a lot of clarity to a lot of the historical positions, and we've been able to glean uh, much treasure from reform, uh, from Lutheran theology. And uh, well, you
2: with, know, Ken, huh? you are the only one that I know of, certainly the only Baptist who was so impressed with our high view of scripture that you went out and bought our dogmatics and actually read it. Yes,
0: Franz Pieper. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I I remember I remember telling you that and you couldn't believe I actually (laughs) said, You must be the only Baptist to have ever read our our dogmatics. (laughs) And it's good stuff. Well, Rod, uh, I want to talk about a couple of things that you are currently involved in. I know you still work with the White Horse Inn, uh, you uh-huh. know, but also you're working with an organization called 1517. Could you uh-huh. could you tell us what that that organization is all about?
2: Well, it's it's a group of confessional Lutherans. That is not anywhere near liberal, neo-orthodox, or any of the other in fad things historic confessional Lutherans who want to preach the gospel way beyond what we usually think. We mm. Lutherans tend to be ethnic to yeah. a very high degree. <clears throat> if you're Norwegian, if you're German, if you're something else. And it's uh, something very unwise, but something that's been with us since people came uh, over to the uh the Americas.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So the idea in fifteen seventeen is to take the gospel of Luther um, and to spread it way, way beyond our ethnic bounds, way beyond other Norwegians, other Germans, other hmm. Scandinavians, Swedes, and see who's interested. Right. So um, these are guys that, uh, during their undergraduate years, I had them as students and had them in apologetics, and then they went on to legitimate PhDs, uh, Oxford and, and other places, uh, so that they gathered back there at Concordia, Irvine, and I said, let's start this thing. Mm. Uh, we've already seen what White Horse Inn has done Let's, uh, let's see if anybody's interested in hearing it. So we're doing confessional Lutheranism way beyond our bounds.
0: Wow. Now, uh, you seem like you're taking a multi-layered approach. Um, with You have a podcast. Tell us about the podcast.
2: Yes, the podcast is Dr. Francisco, who is really an Islamist, did his PhD at Oxford in Islamic studies and reads the Quran in Arabic. Hmm. Dr. Adam Francisco Dr. Scott Keith was my teaching assistant then went on to doctoral studies under Dr. Jim Nestingen who was uh, was thrown out of Luther Seminary in St. Paul, Minnesota
3: Hmm.
2: and is a prince of a man and gets Luther better than most he went on to do doctoral studies it was underwritten by Oxford but his real mentor was Dr. Nestingen so it's the three of us and sometimes a guest.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And from what I understand, and, uh, it was inspired people, people by.
2: People can tell. If they, if they try one or two or three, it'll, it doesn't take long where you say yay or nay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, well, it was inspired by uh, the work of, of uh, John Warwick Montgomery. And also, uh, yeah,
2: yeah, he is. He is delivered over to fifteen seventeen everything he ever wrote and every audio he ever did. Oh wow! So those used to be marketed out of Canada. Now they're marketed out of uh, California, and everything he's ever done, we market now.
0: Oh, I'm going to have to talk uh, to you about that.
2: C.S., C.S. Lewis will be the the apolog- Christian apologist of the 20th century, and Doctor Montgomery will be second.
0: Okay, And it was really, um, especially with the podcast, Thinking Fellows, was inspired by both of those gentlemen, correct?
2: Yes. Yeah, in, in Lutheranism, we have no courses in apologetics at either of our seminary, which hmm. is insane. But it's the, it's the way things are. So we said, well, at least we can contribute that to our own church pot. Because none of our pastors are trained in it during seminary. Hmm. And a real, a real uh, loss or thin spot, right. especially when you live in a completely unbelieving culture.
0: Now, um, you guys are also doing with 1517 conferences?
2: We tried one and it came off down in San Diego. Okay. About 500 folks. Wow. Uh, hmm. you, you always sort of hold your breath on that. But yeah. we sort of upped the ante. The food was better than usual. The scene was better than usual. And all everything was upped a little in quality. And by George, people came and enjoyed it.
0: Wow. Is that going to be an annual event?
2: I'm afraid so. I voted no, but again, I got <laughs> outvoted.
0: <laughs> and and um, you had... Mostly Lutheran speakers, or you had a variety.
2: No, well, yeah, I guess it was mostly, but boy, it was close. Okay. I mean, we had Steve Brown there, and we had Elise Fitzpatrick there, and we had uh, some other folks there. So, now, if I'd had my way, it would have been Lutherans only. But I got out wrote it on that too. So, <laughs> I mean, wonderful folks. But when you're when you're struggling to identify, and you're you're in a kind of infancy stage. Um, you try to, to do what you do best and see whether people respond or no.
0: <laughs> I like that. Now, huh? Rot, one of the things that you've done over the years uh, is you've brought uh, the, the depth and richness of, of Lutheran thought and theology to the table among Reform <laughs> folk, which a lot of times doesn't happen.
2: Yeah, that was that was primarily Dr. Horton in the, the very beginning uh, when he had a conference. He was a college student at Biola, and he had a conference where he had Dr. Packer doing the Reformed side and me doing the Confessional Lutheran side. And that was that was really Mike's decision. He didn't want White Horse Inn to be another Reformed operation. Mm-hmm. But that was that was by his generosity and his wisdom, too. Yeah. He's he saw that if it were a little broader than just purely reformed, it could have more effect. And he was a kid. (laughs) Yeah. He was he was a college student, for heaven's sakes. But he saw that.
0: Hmm. And the same thing was true with the uh, Cambridge Declaration and and that uh, summit uh uh-huh. you I, I think you were a significant part of getting some of the other guys to the table i know uh, jack Preuss was uh served on the alliance council but even bringing yeah. guys like david scare
2: yeah yeah it was to, it was overall to see just which seminary profs in the us would sign to the solas Just that <laughs> and uh and so I, I did some work in the background to see if our guys would even show up for it, because we usually won't. <laughs> our answer to almost everybody else has been no. Mm. And, um, and we've gotten so well-known for that that the invites don't come anymore. <laughs> and I or think back to the old Christianity today. Mm-hmm. There was Dr. Montgomery, David Scare, and J.T. Mueller, and they were the only three that would write for C.T.
3: Hmm.
2: Now, if I'd been back there and did something other than a kid, I would have said, I think you guys, more of you should write to that magazine. If you're invited, say yes.
0: Hmm. No, it, is, it, it made a huge okay. difference. And even with the on, on the council, I don't know what uh, what the makeup of the council is now, but we had yourself, we had uh, Jack Preuss, uh, Gene Veith uh-huh. and also John Nunes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, once in a while, you get some of our guys to say yes, be glad to. But it's rare. Mm. And and there's a certain when you're an ethnic church, there's a certain pride that comes with what you don't join. Mm-hmm. And that's a deadly thing. You can count me solid because I don't belong to anything else.
0: Sure. Well, well let that's me a ask.
2: Strange, strange way to think.
0: Let me ask this. Um, we certainly have, have gleaned from having access to Lutheran thought and theology on different matters that have affected uh, the church at different levels. What do you think has been the benefit on your side for you guys being involved? How has it helped you as as you've interacted with Mike and and uh, R.C. And, and some of the other guys? How has that benefited uh, the Lutheran community?
2: Well, it's been a joyous thing. Um I've learned so much uh what I learned from seminary about the reformed faith wouldn't fill a Nats and able but later on by the kind invite of guys like you and and Mike and RC and others boys, um I got to listen in on the genuine best of reformed conversation at every lunch mm, yeah. or every gathering, saw how the thing was divided or what the categories were and why, um, I would never learn that from just a seminary education. Never. Mm,
0: mm, that's good. I'm gonna it's open it cosmo-
2: up you guys are cosmopolitan, you're mm. we're agrarian and kind of have uh, manure on our boots. You're <laughs> you're Presbyterian in Manhattan. You know, it's a world that, that's foreign to us in in a whole lot of ways. Mm. So and plus, we're the two branches of the Reformation after yeah, all exactly um that that should count for something, and i'm I'm delighted to find out that it really still does
0: mm, that's yeah. good.
1: I'm in favor, Rod, of creating a movement for the Oxminster Confession of Faith <laughs> 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 That's where you're going to leave it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, Rod, one yeah. of yeah. the things
0: one of the Go things ahead. that we we worked on at Ace is um uh-huh. under, under the leadership of Jim Boyce is there was a series of little booklets that were were, were uh-huh. published and you did right. one on Christ right. alone. Uh-huh. Could could you kind of walk us through that and because that's, you know, I we're going to be talking about uh law and gospel focus on that uh-huh. in our in our second half, but I, I, one of the things that I've benefited from greatly with from you and and even Jack uh, Preuss is the centrality of Christ in Lutheran theology.
2: Yeah, it really is true. And and it, it, you you're one of the ones that did the reading and said at the end. You said to me, you know, Rod, you guys are Christ centered in a way that we're not. Hmm, yeah. And Mike said the same thing one time. We were talking, riding to the studio one Sunday night and had the conversation before the, the broadcast, and as we were talking and talking and talking, Mike finally interrupted and he looked at everybody and he said, you know, Rod, you are Christ-centered in a way that we're not. Yeah. Um, we, we One thing that you'll find in our dogmatics is every single doctrine is related to the cross, mm. or we try. Mm. Every, every It's like a spider web with a center. Mm-hmm. And yeah. no matter what the doctrine is, if we can't get to why it's important mm. in the saving work of Christ on the cross, we almost don't bother. Mm. Yeah. And that's uh, that kind of singles us out. It's, uh, we're sort of the the Unitarians of the second person of the Trinity. <laughs> so people, people make jokes about it. But it, re- it really is true. Mm. We w- We will find our way somehow to Jesus' words or or his works as defining almost
1: everything. Amen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. um, On that, uh, one of the things that I I really appreciated uh, just in listening to you talk about that is you've made the point that every theophany in the Scriptures is really a Christophany. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's... uh, You know the centrality of Christ and and why why it's important for us to understand that that the only revelation we have from God is in and through Christ
2: yeah yeah Um, you you think about it and the the number of people that think we're talking strangely when we say the Old Testament is about Christ too Mm -hmm. and they'll look at you with furrowed brow and say you think so (laughs) In other words, introducing that all of the Old Testament is pointing to one particular Jewish man Mm. who will die for the sins of the world is to them sort of a new thought. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Luther pounded that out in the 16th century, but Mm. it's not not common in Western Christianity anymore. Uh, You'll many times find well-meaning, pretty educated Christians... Talking about the Old Testament as law and the New Testament as gospel, yeah. and and that's not their fault. But somebody catechized them into that. Mm. Um, even if even if that right?
0: catechism is by default,
2: yeah, right, yeah, right. Um, and, and if if I were in that position, I wouldn't know what to do with um, passages in Isaiah that prophesied becoming messiah and what he would do mm. <clears throat> i wouldn't be able to make any sense out of those
1: yeah uh, and, and even even the less even the less explicit ones like the book of ruth like if, if the book of ruth is really just about me having my ruth and being the boaz to someone then like i i, I just don't even want to read that book to be honest yeah <laughs> I,
2: I totally understand that luther luther had no reticence at all about telling Germans who were who were pre-literate, they were just learning to read, he had no problem at all with saying, start with the New Testament, and first of all, read John. Then second of all, read First Peter. Mm. Third, it's going to be tough, but master Romans. He didn't have any reticence at all about telling him in what order to begin to read. Interesting. Um, wow. and, and we don't talk like that, but, but he did. Huh. Start here, then go here, then next here.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, how do you think that's missing with a lot of Protestants understanding the centrality of Christ in all of Scripture? And how have we reduced uh, the significance of his of his person?
2: Well, if you're not doing it at seminary throughout the curriculum, class after class, after class, after class, you're going to have a clergy that that was one of 2,900 things that they tried to learn in seminary, Mm. but it's just one of them. Mm. It's got to be central in in an illustrative way in almost, even down to the level of practical theology classes, Mm. um, where it gets into the guy's DNA that this is the Reformation's way of reading the Bible.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I remember when I went to seminary, uh it was Christology and and Soteriology. They were just two classes. And then everything else was about other th- other things that were not coming from that that very explicit Christocentric epicenter. Um
2: Good for you. What, what seminary was
1: that? Wait, wait, wait. No, I'm saying <laughs> No, I'm saying that it was just Christology and and and, and were just two classes, mm-hmm. and that was it. Oh, I see. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. Not
2: that you were seeing, not that you were seeing everything else as all Yeah, yeah. Compared yeah. to those, I yeah. Think yeah.
1: I, I went to I went to the, the master seminary in LA. There you go. Go, go ahead and pour one. Pour, <laughs>
0: pour, pour drink. Pour drink, <laughs> <Yeah>. Rod.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, and yeah. and then and then um, I just started reading uh, Puritans, which led me to uh you know yep. guys like luther and calvin and i was like oh my goodness like yes. there is a there really is a biblically legitimate christ centered crucicentric epicenter to every single thing we talk about uh in yep. theology and it was just i was like man i felt like i don't know yeah, it's
2: I, like I, a whole new world opening up
1: yeah and 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 it wasn't being hyper jesus yeah, I think sometimes uh, When we talk about this stuff People make us sound yeah. Like we're hyper We're hyper yeah, Christ-centered people You know Jesus as hero Jesus
0: You know We get Jesus yeah. In all of the commercialized ways Rather than And yeah. this is why I, I, I like what uh, you did With uh, with that little booklet With um, the Alliance Because it's, it's Jesus Making sense Of the Old Testament
2: <laughs> Right Yeah Right Yeah Um Yeah, one of the things I was trying to do in that book was to prep for what was coming, obviously, way back when, was the offense of the exclusivity of Christianity. Yeah. You know, Acts 4.12 again on the street. And I knew, or could see, I thought I could see, this is going to become explosive and might as well lay it out early. Hmm. Uh, That real Christianity focuses on a, a a fall that really, really was a fall yeah. that affects all of us and we can't do anything to fix, and a savior who comes who does everything to fix it and we just receive it. We we have no credit whatever. And yeah. I thought I might as well lay this out in a booklet. This is what Christianity is and if you're attending a church where it isn't this, find another church.
0: Yeah. And and listen and, and a savior who really died, but a savior who was really flesh and blood, a savior yep. who came in the likeness and not in that it was like our flesh, but no, in human flesh that was really yeah, a baby.
2: We without sin.
0: Yes, exactly.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah with soil diapers, but without sin. You know, he was a toddler, <laughs> he was a teenager, but without yep. sin. And that—that's where that
2: verses there in Hebrew. Thank God that there verses there in Hebrews.
0: Which oh, uh, Hebrews uh, uh, ten. Yes. Um,
2: well, I was uh, be, it, I, in all ways is we yet without sin. Oh yeah, yes,
0: yes. Well, I, I love in Hebrews ten that you know sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared me to do yeah. your will, O oh God.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean yeah. that's that's yeah. what it's about.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I I do also really appreciate the and um and how in Lutheran spirituality justification is not just something that you I- interact with, but you you are regularly re-experiencing yeah. your justification. Yep. And I was like, wow, like yes, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, without being justified again, uh, you know, yeah, 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 it's not.
2: One lady years ago that came over to Lutheranism, wrote. she could write really well. She wrote three letters to my son, who was heading a little group then. And she said, I cannot tell you how refreshing it is that the first thing I do after hearing the name of the Trinity is confess my sin out loud to everybody else. Mm. She said, that is completely new to me and Mm. is completely refreshing because it's honest. Mm -hmm. Mm, amen
0: well listen we are wrapping up our time here in the first section but rod we will pick up our conversation and we want to get more into the particulars on uh law gospel uh distinctives and and um kind of flesh that out because again we we are indebted uh especially those who are committed to uh reform theology we are indebted to our Lutheran brothers in making that, that distinction clear. And I think in circles that are more consistently, clearly reformed are more and more concerned about law gospel distinctives. And unfortunately, many who are only, only on the periphery will in their, in their confessions show the gospel. But in the pulpit, they end up preaching a bad version of the law. So we're going to be picking up on Uh that in our next session. Okay. All right. Well, listen, this has been. I'm
2: going to go get another cup of coffee then.
0: Okay. All right. Thank you for joining us, Rod. Thank you for joining us here on Saints and Sinners Unplugged. We will join you again next week.